All I have seen teaches me to trust the Creator for all I have not seen. Ralph Waldo Emerson. In Acts 16, we read three stories, three different people, three distinct backgrounds, three specific needs. And all three people needed the gospel, but they needed three specific things. The first needed an explanation. Last week, we talked about how the girl needed an experience, and today, the person in disbelief needs an example. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. Brian, how you doing? I am well. How are you? Good. I have really enjoyed doing the series. It's been good. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, I, I just love when you can unpack a text like this, just stay in one chapter, and there's just so much, and you could study it forever. So much. And we're not even addressing every little detail uh, that's in there. I mean, people have written books and books and books about these sections, but we really want our listeners to know that your friends may need an explanation. They may need an experience, or in today's episode, they may simply need an example. These are not three different Gospels. These are three components of the Gospel that everyone will need. And as Christians, we need to be prepared to offer at some point in our lives. Yeah, so we're just praying that these episodes will help resource you, give you some hope, and help direct your prayer life for your friends who aren't believers yet. There you go. So this is like part two, because last week we began the story of uh, Paul in his annoyance, and we talked a little bit about that, casting out the demon of divination um, from the the slave girl and how she's now freed and she has hope. But for the slave owners... Uh, Not so happy. This is is not very good. So we're going to pick this up in Acts chapter 16, verses 22 through 34. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothes and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, the jailer put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, though, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the household. At that same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. Yeah, it's such a great text. Um, I did, before we go on, want to give a shout out of appreciation to three people. 
um, Tim Keller, uh, maybe my favorite preacher, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, who preached back in London in the mid-1900s, uh, both do a lot of work on this text that I read and was really helpful. And also, uh, Peyton Miller interned for us this summer, and she helped me with kind of the verbiage that we've used that was mm. really helpful. So appreciate all of them contributing to uh, these episodes here. And there's something interesting about this story in that the jailer, uh, for him to come to Christ, uh, he actually... Ex- has all three things. He need, there was an experience, an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, there's an explanation in his home, but the middle part is this example. And that's really the highlight of today's story. Yeah, uh, that he needed an example of mercy, of kindness, so that he could could come to Jesus. So, uh, Taylor, what would you expect the uh, prison situation to be like where Paul and Silas were? Not good. No, probably I, really I, gross. A lot of decay, death, uncleanliness, uh, heavily fortified with soldiers around it. I did, it's a not a good situation. Yeah, not only in prison, but in stocks. Ugh. So you can't even move. Yeah. Um, I just can't, can't imagine. So it was not a good place. And yet in Acts 16, we find them um, praising God. And yeah. I think we get an idea of their prayers. Uh, Colossians 4 uh, may give us a little hint in that verses two and three says, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Mm-hmm. So their prayer uh, we often see is not centered on physical rescue, right. but on the spiritual rescue of those far from Jesus. Yeah. And so uh, what do we know about the jailer? Well, we know that he was more than likely a Roman soldier who had landed a well-paying job. He was rough and he was brutal and not a stranger to violence, as we can see in his treatment of his prisoners. He did what needed to be done. He got the job done. He was practical and he had seen it all. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, maybe well, not quite maybe not everything. everything. Because the earthquake hits and the... The gates fling open. The chains come off. He realizes everybody's escaped. Yeah, which yeah. is the natural assumption. Yep, and if everybody or anybody escaped, what happens to him? He gets killed because he has failed at his job, and he's going to be punished for it. So and not only will he be killed, but he'll be humiliated. Yeah. Maybe even violence will befall his family. Yeah. So instead of enduring that, he's just going to kill himself. Yeah, which, to be honest, in Roman times, that, that takes care of it. He's like, oh, okay. We're done. Moving on. Yep, that's it. In a, in, a, in a strangely selfish manner, there's a there's a point in me where or a part of me which goes, I might do the same thing. Yeah. L- looking at him, he has no hope. Yep. He's doing what he thinks is the best for the situation. Yep. And right as he takes the blade and puts it up to his chest, about Paul to dig yells it. out, "Stop! We're here! We're here! We're here! Don't do anything!" So and and he has this realization. Why? Why yeah. are you still here? That great question. And, and he, you know, he, he thought he had seen it all. Yeah. He had seen brutality and violence and political power plays. But what he had not seen was for a brutalized victim un, of unfair violence yeah. to sacrifice their life for his. Yeah. And, and, and listeners, you, you may not realize this, but reminder of the story, they stayed. The prisoners didn't leave. They didn't flee, yeah. probably because they were in shock to begin with as well. But Paul and Silas would have been perfectly within their rights to let the 
the jailer do, do himself in. Yeah. And yet they acted out in love. They encouraged him not to. And that kind of brings up a couple of questions I think that the prisoner would ask. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the prisoners or, or the jailer would ask? The jailer yeah. would ask. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So the jailer is asking, you know, why would you do this? What do you believe? Yeah. What has happened in your life to bring you to be this kind to me? Yeah. Why would you show me mercy? And so he invites Paul and Silas over to his house. And he doesn't just invite them. He bathes them and he cleans their wounds and washes their feet and feeds them. He, he treats yeah. them frighteningly well. Can you imagine the look on his wife's face when he barges in? Honey, honey, come on. We got we to gotta get some food. Uh, we need some rags. Yep. We need some towels. We need some Band-Aids. He starts ordering bandages. the servants to go get yeah. the things ready and prepare the beds yep. and whatnot. Yeah, and kids, all... get up. You know, get the house. You know, all of this. Quite going. scandalous. In the middle of the night. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? And in the midst of all of that, they're, they're able to answer his question of yeah. why. And the answer is, what, why did we give our lives for yours? Because Jesus gave his life for ours. Let me tell you about Jesus. Yeah. He has an example of Christ's mercy. Yeah. And, and sometimes what people need, especially those who have been hardened, who are cynical, who are skeptical, and, and they may not win a debate with you, but they'll think they won the debate with you. And, yeah. <laughs> and they may be able to make excuses for experiences they've had. Yeah. And what they need is an example of Christ's mercy yeah. because it will sh it just force them to ask those deep questions yeah. of, wow, what if I'm missing something here? And what I think is cool is that this encounter with God. Make no mistake, this is an encounter with God. Yeah. The encounter leads to the explanation. Mm -hmm. And the encounter leads to an explanation of the example. The goal is that we would be able to present Christ in such a way that people would request an explanation of the encounter or even an explanation of our example. Yeah. And then this one example of mercy is explained. And he and his family immediately are saved, or at least they ask how to be saved. And before the night ends, the whole household is saved and baptized into the faith. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah. So when someone who doesn't believe sees revolutionary sacrificial mercy, they may ask questions that will lead them to Jesus. And you may be the person that God chooses to demonstrate that mercy. Yeah. Yeah. And... I, there's there's oftentimes where did the jailer deserve that? No, no, he did not deserve it, and that's the point. That's what Christ does in us is Christ gave us what we don't deserve. Yeah, we give kindness to other people that they may or may not deserve. Yep, and and w we quit trying to make these excuses about why uh, can, can I please not love someone? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, and we uh, I was just preaching about the parable of the Good Samaritan where the teacher in the law asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? In other words, I don't have to love everybody, right? And Jesus doesn't give the question dignity. No. He doesn't. He comes back and just says, tells the whole story of the Good Samaritan. And instead of answering that question, he says, here's the real question. Who is the good neighbor? 
Yeah. That's the question. Will you be a good neighbor? It's not about excluding people and saying, this is my neighbor and this isn't my neighbor. It's everybody's your neighbor, but that's not the real question. The question is, are you being a good neighbor to everybody in your path? And I love how Christ does that. He takes everything that's thrown at him and beautifully inverts it mm -hmm. and really gets at the heart of what's happening. So that's kind of what we want you, precious listener, to also consider. What do you need? Yeah. What does your friend need? Is it an explanation or is it an experience or is it an example or perhaps it's all three? Yeah. And, and you can help your unbelieving friends. You know, Lydia wasn't saved by Paul's great teaching. Remember, nope. uh, uh, it says the Lord opened her heart. So you can partner with God in the explanation of the gospel. And, and the slave girl who is hounding Paul for days <laughs> wasn't saved by his great compassion um, or by some great plan he had. He was saved by, by God's great power in that experience. And you can partner with God in the experiences uh, that he wants to give to people. And, and the, the jailer's salvation story, again, Paul's not the one who saved him, but Paul and Silas, they've got to play a role and we can partner with God in being an example of Christ's mercy to others. Like you said in the last episode, God doesn't need us, but he invites us to partner with him. And all Paul was doing was copying Jesus. Yeah. And that's all we have to do. Yeah. Copy Jesus. So there's one more part of this story that we just want to share with you. There was a common prayer, perhaps originating from a rabbi or even Greek philosophy, uh, but it might be prayed by a Jewish man. And it, it would go like this, God, I thank you that you did not make me a woman, a slave, or a Gentile. What a lovely prayer to start your morning. That's delightful. Nothing like a little prayer of arrogance. That's, that's <laughs> great. Oh my gosh. But think about Thank you that you did not make me a woman, a slave, or a Gentile. A woman, a slave, slave or a or Gentile. Gentile. Now, for our, for our Eagle Ear listeners, you may notice that in Acts 16, that's exactly who was given an explanation, mm. an encounter, and an example. Lydia a the woman, woman, a slave girl. And a Gentile jailer. A Gentile jailer. And the good news of Jesus dismantles our prejudices and our pride. Galatians 3.28 echoes Acts 16. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And the kingdom of God offends some by whom it rejects, but it offends even more by whom it welcomes. And so God invites us to participate in the saving of people, all people, all people groups, all cultural groups, all neighborhoods, everybody, and he invites you and me. It's a great invitation. So the question that we want to ask you, precious listeners, do you accept this invitation, this invitation to give an explanation, to pray for encounters, and to provide you yourself as an example of the gospel? We hope you do. And we'd love to partner with you. If you have questions, uh, go to brianjenningsblog.com and there's a contact form or you can find us on social media. We'd love to dialogue with you more about this. And if you have somebody that you're praying for right now, share that with us and we will pray uh, uh, over that with you as well. Pray for that person. And tune in next week where we'll be doing a kind of the kitchen sink episode where we talk about some things we may have missed or didn't get to discuss as we wrap up this series, Disbelief Needs 
I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise.